ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockheim, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. So when I go back years ago, before I started doing Purpose Girl, before I was Purpose Girl, a word kept coming to me of such a deep desire. And that word was legacy. I thought ahead in my life, and what is the legacy I want to leave? And more so, I just knew I want to leave a legacy. I don't know what it is. I just know I'm here for something. And I would read these incredible stories of women who had overcome all odds to create an incredible life, to make a difference, to serve, to make an impact on a big level. And I would look at these women and think, I could never do that. How did they do that? Who are these women? And it seemed so big. And yet something inside of me said, you are that woman. Now, I didn't come from poverty. I didn't come from a country that was under siege. I didn't come from any of that. But still, I knew that somehow I was here to live a life that was going to be a legacy of inspiration. And so I have always found inspiration from other women who are doing just that. And I hear from so many of you, those of you who reach out to me for my Goddess on Purpose program for the empowered four-month mastermind to live your power and live your strength and your confidence. I hear from you that you know that you're here for something. My guest today is a woman who is living that legacy, who simply by living, by following her life, by following her passions, by following who she is, is creating that legacy. And she is so inspiring. And I cannot wait for her to share with us how she is living her legacy and how we can do the same. Let me introduce you to my guest. My guest today is Janet Authorine. She's the founder of the Island Mindful Path to Transformation and CEO of Authorine Publishing. She's the author of four books focused on empowering women and children, Her most sought after book is Island Mindfulness, and we're totally going to dive into it because I've been reading it over the last few nights. Her insights have been featured in national media such as Forbes, Medium, many highly rated podcasts. She immigrated from Jamaica to the United States as a teenager, and so she knows what it's like to overcome odds and accomplish her dreams. She has a JD from Boston College, an LLM from Georgetown University. She's been on several boards. She's served for 25 years as an attorney, as an administrative law judge. I mean, she is incredible. So we are going to dive into how she creates a legacy and how you can do the same. Janet, welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I'm just, I just want to start out by saying that you are incredible because I know your story. I've followed your journey and I'm so thrilled to be here with you today. Oh, thank you, Janet. That means so much to me. Truly, it's like, that means the world to me. I'm sure like you, when a woman tells you that, you feel like, I can tell you what I feel like is, okay, I am living right. (laughs) Right? When a woman says, you're inspiring, you know, you're incredible. It's like, all right, I'm doing what I know I'm supposed to be doing. 
there's there's just something special about getting that sister support. Oh, I mean, I love it. I feel it in my soul. Yes. And so much more, frankly, than when a man gives me that kind of kudos. <laughs> there's something, you know, and, and like you, I know that you have a mentorship initiative. I know that you lead retreats because the sisterhood aspect is so big, right? You know, it is. You know, um, I grew up with mostly boys in the house. Um, so my friends have always been super special to me. Um, and I have two incredible sisters, uh, but they weren't in the same household. And right now we are super, super close. Um, but friendships have always been super important to me. Um, you know, the hugs, the love, the kindness that we show each other, the respect that we show each other. Um, I mean, there's nothing like a sister friendship. There is nothing like a sister friendship. And to receive the support, you know, in one of my group programs, Goddess on Purpose, a woman has been wanting to start her holistic health business. And she's been afraid to do so or like, do I really have anything to say? And so I gave her a challenge, post just a couple minute video in our group. It's safe here, right? It's safe. Just post a video of what you know. And all of these women, probably 10, 15 women responded to her. Oh my God, this is so good. You taught me this. You taught me that. And then that is what is giving her the courage. And then she went out and she shared that video to her broader audience. And now people are saying to her, I want you to help me. I want an appointment, right? And so it's like having that sister support is what launches us and what helps us to feel so empowered and taken care of and held and like we can do it. You know, it's it's incredible how we sometimes doubt ourselves. We don't know that we are strong and we're powerful. And we don't always know that our story is going to help someone if we tell it. Yes. And to never be shy about that. Yes. Because the journey that we've lived, it's only us. We're the only one who walked that path. And we walked it so that we can help ourselves and so that we can help others. So I always tell women, don't doubt yourself. Don't undermine the journey that you've lived. Don't say to yourself, someone else is already doing this because no one can do it like you can. That's right. That's right. That's right. No one can do it like you can. And no one has your story. That's right. But you just said, I, I feel like I want to put a picture frame around it and like hang it on the wall, right? It's like, we don't know who needs to hear our story. And that by sharing our story, sometimes you might think, well, it's not that big of a deal, my story. And it's like every woman's story that I ever hear, there's so much in it. Oh, it's a big deal. It is. So Janet, let's talk about your story. Because you grew up in Jamaica. I did. And you made your way to the United States and then ended up becoming a lawyer and a judge. So start with us. What was it like growing up in Jamaica? What was life like? Because that's a huge change. And you ended up in Philly. So I, there's a big difference between Jamaica and Philly, girl. All right. Because I live in Philly and I've been to Jamaica for fun. So, you know, there's a big difference. So talk to us, start us off with what was it like to grow up in Jamaica and share that journey with us? I was in Jamaica until I was 12. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of our personality is determined by those formative years. Mm -hmm. 
So I was blessed to have a beautiful life in Jamaica. And when I say beautiful, I mean beautiful regarding all the things that really mattered. Mm. So surrounded by love, surrounded by community. And I grew up in a household with some relatives that were older. And so my my mom who raised me uh, was in probably her late 60s. And then we were living with her mother, who was probably in her late 70s. Mm. And we were living with an aunt that was around the same age. So I was always that little girl in the corner listening to the adults. Ooh, and listening to... <laughs> this is so good. And getting their wisdom. I was just going to say, listening to wise women. Yes, yes. It, this was the topic of my Goddess on Purpose course this week was the wise woman. And I asked the women, who were the wise women in your life who taught you? And so I bet you were just soaking, soaking, soaking up from these women who had lived and really were living. You know, and they matter. And whenever I talk, I say their name. I say Granny Da and Auntie Fan Mm. and Lynette Wells. And I say their name because it's important for us as women to speak the name of our ancestors and speak the name of our mentors and speak the name of every woman who pours into us. Ooh. Mm. So, uh, so I grew up with those women, um, and I, I was always quiet. I was always shy. Um, sometimes I refer to myself as uh, the voiceless child. And it's not that I didn't have a voice. It's that I was so used to just listening that I never got around to speaking much. <laughs> <laughs> you were filling up and filling up. So I had to I had to spend a lot of time coming out of my shell. But that experience in Jamaica was wonderful. It defined me. Uh, now we didn't have a lot of means. Mm-hmm. Um, we we struggled a lot. But what really helped on that journey was the community, because we would share. And if someone down the street cook a big pot of food, we would all enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And if we had that day, we would invite our neighbors over, and they would enjoy what we had. So it was that community that got us through living with very, very modest means. Wow. Uh, Without that, we would have struggled a lot. So when I was growing up, I didn't have, I knew that we were poor, but it wasn't really a barrier. And the funny thing is looking back, the people that were rich in my community were the people who had a refrigerator because <laughs> we, we didn't have one. Mm-hmm. And you would go by their house and you would say, can I have some ice water? Mm. So that was our definition of, of wealth. You had a refrigerator because Jamaica is hot. So oh, if you yeah. can get water that's cold. <laughs> You're like, I'm in. Where do I'm I get that? Like, yeah. I'm in. Where do I get that? Where do I get that? Yeah. So, you know, no refrigerator, no TV. Uh, none of the things that we've gotten used to uh, now, but a life that was rich in love and community. The things we think will make us happy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If I just I'm gonna sit down, I'm exhausted. I'm going to watch more TV. Right. And it's not that I do, I watch, I watch me some TV, you know, so it's not that I don't, but we think that it's going to make us happy or we think we need all these things and we don't. Your story about community, can you imagine how much happier and frankly, more time women would have if we were doing community cooking like that? Right. If like Mondays were my day to cook, and my four neighbors came over and 
I fed their family. And then Tuesday through Friday, I've got off because I'm eating their food. Like it would be yes, I'm not, yes. this lesson. And, and plus then you're all connecting and you're sharing and you're in love. That's what makes us feel rich. And I think you have something brilliant there because it's once it's wonderful also for families, especially families with young children. Mm. Can you imagine what a big difference that would make in our lives? You know, I'm raising three boys, but I would love to have that concept implemented in my life right now. <laughs> Me too. I've thought about it for years. So now that I actually have a child, I think I actually need to do it when we get COVID under control and all of that kind of thing, you know, but this is... This is so good. You're reminding us, Janet, of what really matters. You know, and you write in your in your book about mangoes. There's a chapter entitled around a mango. And it it's like, let's focus on what is delicious, what is important, what is real. Yes, I used to spend hours under a mango tree just eating mangoes. Mm. Uh, sometimes I sometimes I get asked, you know, what do you want your last meal to be if you could choose? <laughs> And I would sit under that mango tree like I did when I was 11 (laughs) and eat 30 or 40 mangoes and go home happy. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm happy just thinking about it. Isn't this amazing, though, Janet? I mean, what you're really showing us. It comes back to the simple things. It comes back to the simple things, right? We think that all of these other things are going to make us happy. And what we know from the research, the research backs this up, right? Positive psychology research backs up that it is the simple things. It is community. It is connection. It is savoring the mango that will make you happier. And, you know, I love that your podcast is about purpose because, you know, when I think back to my story in Jamaica, you know, I wasn't thinking purpose at that time. I was young. But, you know, my mothers and my grandmothers, they had in their mind what my purpose would be. And when you grow up in a community Mm. with limited means and you get the opportunity to get out, to go to the United States, then your purpose at that point is to make something of yourself. Mm. And no pressure. <laughs> so you know you will find you know Jamaicans in the US and frankly a lot of immigrants who are extremely ambitious mm-hmm. because you know that once you get an opportunity you make something of yourself not just for yourself but for your entire community um and you live the dream of others who didn't get that opportunity as well as your own dream yes this is actually why i'm so pro immigrants coming into our country. My grandparents were Holocaust survivors. You know, they were immigrants and needed to come here. And thank God they they were able to come here and then put their heart and soul and talents into creating that quote unquote American dream. Yes, yes. For themselves and their family. And that's what you've done. So you arrive here when you're 12, you know, okay, I have this opportunity for me, my family, my community. Yes. Uh, so, so really it's, you know, how can I make this work? Because I, you know, I was in Philadelphia. I was in Philadelphia with my mother, uh, Rosalind Chambers and my two brothers. And wow, was it a culture shock? 
<laughs> and I landed in those elementary junior high school years, the ones that are really rough. Yeah, they're and rough anyway. You, you hear a little bit of it now, but not a lot, but I had a really thick Jamaican accent. Mm. So I got teased a lot. But the wonderful thing is, and it's, it's so interesting, I always go back to community, but we lived in Philadelphia in an apartment complex with, with three levels. So we were in the, our family was in the center, and then there was another family at the bottom and another family at the very top. So we had almost instant community. Mm. And so that's the way I was able to survive the pressures of kind of assimilating into you know, the new culture. And frankly, they were they were all from Jamaica, oh. <laughs> so we had our, we had our little Jamaica in, in that very modest apartment complex. How perfect! Because community was so important to you when you were a child, and when you were in Jamaica, that then to have that, what a beautiful way to have that transition is so important. So at the time, I felt like I was living my purpose, but it was it was very driven by my circumstances and by others. And so I always knew that I was going to college because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And once I, once I finished college, I knew that I needed to do something that would be lucrative. And I said, okay, so, you know, what am I good at? I'm good at listening. I'm good at writing. Not really, you know, I'm not a litigator type, because a lot of people were surprised when I went to law school because I've always been so quiet. Why would you go to law school? You know, how are you They're thinking be- of the TV, yes, loud they look like a TV lawyer. lawyer. Yeah. How are you, you going to be a litigator? You barely say anything. <laughs> but, I, but I knew that mm-hmm. I could contribute. I've always loved resolving disputes and mediating. And mm-hmm. I thought that was where my journey would lead me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I went off to law school, you know, came out, never, you know, got to be, initially I thought I was going to be a labor attorney and I was just going to resolve disputes that way. That was not the path that the universe had planned for me. Mm. I ended up, Karen, being a tax attorney <laughs> <laughs> for a tax attorney for many years. Wow. Um, and there was a lot of purpose in that, but I knew that that wasn't where I wanted my journey to end. This for all of you out there, I hear this a lot from from women. Your job is good. There's purpose in it. And you still feel like, oh, there's something else that's for me. And it can be both and, right? I think that can be very confusing sometimes of like, wait, but my job is okay. It's good. Shouldn't I just be grateful for what I have? And it's like, you. it can be both. It can be that you're doing something that matters and that is good. And it's okay that you still have an inner voice, an inner knowing that there's something else for you. So I so appreciate you sharing that, Janet. And what you're saying is really, really powerful because especially as women, you know, we like to be nice and kind and we, mm-hmm. which is all fantastic. We don't want to rock the boat. Sometimes we say to ourselves, this should be enough. You know, mm-hmm. why do I want more? Do I deserve more? Uh, you feel guilty for just wanting just a little bit more, but there's a little voice inside of you 
you know, some people call it God, some people call it the universe, whatever it is, just saying that I, I have some additional plans for you. Yes. yes. <laughs> I have some additional plans for you. So don't stop yet. Don't stop right here. Don't stop. We're going to keep listening and know that you can have, you can have that too. So you heard the voice. So I heard the voice and you know what? Some of the biggest opportunities come to us when we give back. Mm. So I had volunteered my time interviewing candidates for administrative law judge positions. And I did that for quite some time. And through that volunteer work, when an opportunity came up, I just threw my hat in the ring and did all of the testing. It was quite extensive, but I was able to get that position in Washington, D.C. And finally, I started doing the thing that I love, which is listening to people's stories and making a decision, kind of cutting through all of the clutter, all of the noise, and getting to a decision that, that, that I think is the right one. Wow. And I've been doing that type of work for about 16 years, and I absolutely, absolutely love it. Wow. Judge Janet, how perfect that there you were as a little girl listening. And that was your joy and your skill set of listening to your mom and your aunt and right and all the wise women and this is always who you've been and and now being in this position you're going to listen to people you're going to hear their stories and you're going to be able to find the path for them yeah and, and let me just tell you about uh you know the power of valuing the things that we're good at because sometimes you know you'll ask well, what are you good at? You're like, oh, you know, I'm a good listener. It doesn't really matter. Isn't everyone a good listener? So we don't give credit to the things that that we're really good at. And because of that, they have no power. So don't undervalue yourself. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we're going to underline what you're saying, Judge Janet. We are going to highlight it, underline it, put it up on the wall. Everyone sticky note this. You think, I hear this all the time, you think that your superpowers are not that special. Yes. Isn't everyone a good listener? Isn't everyone compassionate? Isn't everyone creative? No, Mm -mm, no. And so really honoring what are your superpowers, what are your strengths, and knowing that that is special. Thank you. That is so good. You know, I've been able to use that. And, um, you know, it's been, it's just been very valuable. So... You know, they always say the best person to serve is the person that you once were. So I think of the little girl growing up in Jamaica. I think of the immigrant. I think of the immigrant struggle. Um, I think of the young women who have never had a mentor, who can find a mentor, who don't know where to find a mentor. And that's why I do mentoring also. So, you know, I think of the 20-something-year-old who is struggling to find her way, um, who is trying to figure out, you know, how do I move up the corporate ladder? How do I show up in the workplace? How do I show up with my friends? Someone who's trying to get through all of the insecurities, someone who's trying to find their voice, desperately trying to find their voice. Let me tell you something. I was so quiet for so long that the first time I heard my voice being recorded, I didn't recognize it. Mm. I thought, who is that? Is that how I really sound? (laughs) 
And then did you like how you sounded or were you like, Ugh. Frankly, I thought it was a little strange. Yeah. <laughs> the, fir- the first time I heard myself, I couldn't listen. I was like, oh my God, no one's going to want to listen to that. <laughs> right. So, you know, so there's a big journey to self-love and self-acceptance and, and a big journey just to confidence. Um, so I think about that person that I used to be. And frankly, I'm still evolving, still becoming um, that never ends. But I think about that person and that's the person I try to speak to and I try to mentor. Mm. So, um, you know, some, I don't feel like my work is ever done. I feel like there's so much more to give back, um, and to give back to the person that I was Mm. actually to seek out that person and see how it can be of of assistance. Oh, talk about a legacy, right? To seek out the person that you were and to be of service to them. Yes, yes, yes. That's what this is so about. When we talk about being a purpose girl, that's it right there. You know, I was just uh, with one of my groups and, and a woman was afraid that she didn't have all of her credentials yet. She didn't have it all together yet. She, she was still growing and evolving. I said, yeah, we're going to be doing that until we're gone. <laughs> like, You don't need to have it everything figured out and you don't need to have it all together. You simply need to be, you're three steps ahead of someone else. We're all three steps ahead of where someone is on their journey. And so we are here to help the people who are three steps behind and we have so much to offer. And so Janet, I'm loving what you're saying. And so you really help people transform any places where they have felt like a victim or they're in a place where they're not where they want to be and really bring them into self-empowerment and success. You know, I, I try to, we all have our stories, our journeys, you know, for a reason. And so, you know, when I wrote the book, Island Mindfulness, it was all about my journey from Jamaica, mm. you know, having kids, marriage, divorce. Um, and I thought, you know, who needs to hear this? Someone does. Maybe it's just one person. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I've been through a lot. How can I use this, you know, to help someone? So I wrote about my story and I thought, I've always wanted to write this book. The book is out there. (laughs) The book is out there now. Is this the end? You know? Mm. Um, And I thought, well, what else can I, you know, how else can I make some impact with this book? Who else can I help? So based on that, I created the Island Mindful Path to Transformation because I also wanted to use the book as a teaching tool. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I try to give the book to as many people as I can find. <laughs> mm, I and I it. also try to use it as a teaching tool. And my mindfulness journey started, I think it started back in Jamaica. Because the thing about Jamaicans is that we have a lot of uh, struggles. But we're known for a couple sayings. One is, no problem, man. <laughs> and another <laughs> one is, everything is iry. Mm. So it means that we have struggles, but we know that we can get through them. We know that there's mm. a process to get through them. We're mm. incredibly hopeful and optimistic. Mm. Mm. So I wanted to combine that hope and that optimism with everything that I learned in my mindfulness journey and put it together and see whether or not it can help some others. It, it has in a small way, 
And I'm really hoping that uh, it can be a benefit to a lot, a lot of other people, especially young women. Absolutely. You know, I'm a new mother. And Yay. as I was reading, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it took so much. You know, my listeners know, y'all know, it took a lot for me to um, become that mother. Janet, if you followed me at all, it was a five-year journey and a lot of challenges. And you have a chapter about becoming a mother and knowing, is this for me? Yeah. And you talk about that you're going to end up with the perfect plan in your head of what's going to be a fun day. And then the one is going to be screaming and the other one is going to be you know, having a fit and you're going to have to feed them. And knowing that your life is going to change and being okay with that and being, and, and talk about a moment to be mindful that everything can quote unquote be kind of crazy, chaotic, falling apart and no problem. It's going to be okay. As a woman, you're completely whole, with or without children. Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt that I wanted to have children because I was blessed to have powerful mothers in my life. Mm. And I felt that I wanted to pass that on. But I don't think anyone fully prepares us for the enormous work <laughs> that, goes, that goes into it. The constant panic the sense of responsibility, the pressure of getting it done and making it look perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no one tells you that you get overwhelmed and you cry. And once in a while, you may have to lock yourself in your closet and cry because you don't want the children to see you cry. Yes. Um, and it's an absolutely beautiful experience. And it's one of the best things that you can do with your life. But I think we really have to just better prepare women for that journey. It's a wonderful journey, but it's, it's stressful and it's overwhelming. So we have to love and support each other through it. And we have to, to build our sister circle and our communities so that we can get through it. We may have to have that, that communal table <laughs> every evening so that we can hold each other's hands. A hundred percent. You know, I did not expect all the crying. I didn't expect him to cry as much. I don't know what I thought. I guess I thought I would wake him up every morning and he, after a perfect night of sleep, and he would be <laughs> beaming at me, smiling, just waiting in his crib for me to go get him. And then I would change him and we would play a little, and then I would be able to put him in a swing or something and I'd be able to do the things I needed to do. I had no idea, Janet, okay? <laughs> I had some sort of Shangri-La little picture in my head and- and it's better than the picture in my head. And it's way more challenging than the picture in my head. And this is where having the tools for positive psychology tools, mindfulness tools have been absolutely critical. And the tools of sisterhood. If I didn't have sisterhood, and it's been hard with COVID because so many women have said to me, I thought I'd be coming over and taking him for three hours and giving you the time to shower, or giving you time to brush your teeth. And that hasn't happened, Right. And that's okay. Everyone has their journey and COVID is difficult for everyone in different ways. And so let's talk about mindfulness because this is a huge piece of your journey. And I love how you combine the beauty and essence of the island of Jamaica with mindfulness. So how do you define mindfulness? You know, mindfulness to me is, you know, really about stopping taking the time to 
learn about who you are as a person from head to toe. Mm. It's it's about being silent with yourself and being comfortable in that silence. Mm. Because a lot of us are just uncomfortable with that. So if you say, you know, take 15 minutes every morning just to be quiet, to go inside, to figure out who you are at this moment, mm. you start out being very uncomfortable as you're doing it. And it takes practice to really have that comfort with yourself. Mm. Because we spend a lot of time trying to ignore and drown out and numb yes, who we really are inside. Because if we pause, it can be painful. Pain can come up. Challenge can come up. Voices that we don't want to face can come up. And so that discomfort, and we're not used to it, and yet it's so important. You know, it's important because, you know, we're not the same person that we were 15 minutes ago, an hour ago, Mm. five years Mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. Although people like to say, oh, you've changed or you shouldn't change. But we change every minute. But sometimes we don't keep up with our own change. (laughs) (laughs) And mindfulness gives you the opportunity to stop and reflect and get to know yourself as you are changing. So it's been a fantastic practice for me because I tend to, I like to stay busy. I'm very task oriented. And I found that I was living a check the box lifestyle. Mm. And so every morning I would get up, I would create this long list. I would have 10 things. And you know what? I have to tell you, it brought me joy to be able to check something off. And if I did something gosh darn it, that wasn't on the list. I wrote it and I checked it (laughs) off. (laughs) Because I got that deep satisfaction. So I was living a check the box lifestyle. Mm. It's not like it wasn't going well. You know, go to undergraduate school, go to law school, you know, get this job, make these friends, living this area, buy this car, get married, then have the children. And I was checking a lot of boxes and it wasn't bad, but I never stopped to think, who am I? What do I want? You know, what, what do I really want for my life? Who am I in this moment? You have to check in with yourself and you have to check in with yourself very, very often to keep being your authentic self or else you find yourself going five years, 10 years, just checking the boxes, just living someone else's life or living the life that you think is authentic, but really it was the life that you wanted for yourself five years ago. It's not who you are now. You've actually evolved. You just haven't kept up with your own, your own progress. Yes. I know that this is resonating with so many out there because I know I hear it all the time. I know I used to be there and I hear it all the time. When do we ever have a moment? When is anyone ever prompting us or giving us permission? Or when do we even just take the moment to step back and say, what do I want right now? And it's okay if it's different than it was five years ago. So this is huge. Yeah. You know, and and so when you get in touch with yourself, you can enjoy your journey so much more. Mm. You know, you have to figure out who am I right now? What is my purpose? Has that changed? Because sometimes I think at different parts of your life, your purpose is a little bit different. Mm. Um, Maybe the larger purpose is the same, But the way you approach your life, the way you walk in that purpose may change. So you definitely want to keep up with that. 
Yeah. And your priorities of the moment change. And your, your priorities, your priorities change. Mm-hmm. And instead of living this check the box lifestyle, it's important to sit with yourself and think, my journey matters. What will an abundant life mean to me? What does it look like for me at this moment? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, check into your spirituality, check into your career, check into your relationships, check into everything that really matters to you and define for yourself what does a meaningful life mean to me? What does an abundant life mean to me? And then be purposeful about designing that life because we mm-hmm. only have, this is, this is our one trip on this planet <laughs> and it's important and it should be meaningful and we can carve out that meaningful life if we get in touch with ourselves and mindfulness has just been really, really fantastic in helping me do that. Mm. It's so beautiful to ask the question, what would a meaningful life be? What would be meaningful to me? And I love this. What would an abundant life be for me? Because Sometimes I've heard women, and I know, I think I used to think this myself. Well, a meaningful life would be empowering women to live their purpose. And then my thought was, well, you can't make money doing that. So it doesn't (laughs) seem to go with abundant life. (laughs) Or, you know, women who have come to me and said, well, a meaningful life would be having a partner that was like X, Y, Z, but my husband's not like that. Or my wife is not like that. And so then we think, oh no, that's going to lead to, now I have to get, to get divorced, right? And so I think that's why sometimes we don't pause and don't get into mindfulness. And instead we fill up our mind with Real Housewives of New Jersey or whatever it might be, you know, and, <laughs> you know to avoid or, or wine or shopping or whatever, because we know, but there's a way, the way you're talking about this, Janet, there's a way to have a meaningful life and an abundant life. So what do you say to someone who in pausing realizes, wait, I might want that divorce or I might need to leave this job because I know that you yourself have been through divorce. You yourself have had to reckon with these questions. I've always been someone who's been very thoughtful and methodical about how I go about things. Sometimes when you're quiet with yourself, you have all these wonderful revelations. Mm. I would recommend that you start by journaling. I love journaling. I love the power mm-hmm. of journaling. Take a week or two and sit with yourself daily and then, and write down all of your thoughts. Write down your goals, your aspirations, what abundance means to you, what a meaningful life means to you. Look for patterns mm-hmm. um, in that two-week period. What keeps coming up? Think about what's fulfilling you and what's draining you on a daily basis. And if you keep track of that for two weeks, for a month, you will start seeing a pattern. Yes. And you'll start knowing what you should keep in your life and what you should remove from your life. Yes. This is great. A daily, this is so simple for two weeks. What fulfilled me today and what was challenging for me today? Right? It's like if we just took five minutes and then look at the pattern. That's an excellent exercise. And you know what? You'll, you'll find some hard truths. You really will. And then you may have to make some really, really difficult decisions. Mm. You know, mm. you are your best advisor. Yes. You really are. 
Um, and if you can't sort it out, talk to someone you trust. Talk to a coach, you know, talk to a therapist. Never be afraid to ask for help or guidance. We're all on this journey together. We're here to help each other. Amen. And we need it, right? That goes back to the community, right? We need each other. So metaphorically, if if you're having trouble with your dinner for the night, then <laughs> your neighbor is going to be cooking dinner or a coach or a mentor who's been there before. The worst thing that can happen to us as we try to make a change in our life is to, is to feel alone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we feel that, oh my God, I'm the only one who's ever felt this way. I'm the only one who have this issue. So feeling alone kind of isolates us and it stops us from reaching out and getting the help and the support that we need to move to a different level. Mm, mm, So, you know, make sure that when you're going through that you have some support Mm -hmm. and the community that you need may not be the people who are in your life at this moment. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to look outside of your circle to the people who are where you want to be yes, and get your mentorship that way. And that is how you create that abundant lifestyle is rather than staying stuck where you are or around people who say to you, your dream is ridiculous. Who do you think you are? Start to connect with the people, the sisterhood, the mentors that say, yeah, your dream is awesome. You can do that. You should do that. Right. Or or who are where you are, or I believe in you. How can I help? Let me make the dinner, right? It comes back to that kind of metaphor. And and this is, what I'm hearing is that abundant mindset that we can have. And it's such a great tool to get toward it. And is that then what you would say is a legacy mindset, Janet? You know, it's a legacy mindset. And, and you know, my theme is, you know, just based on in how I grew up, in my journey, your life is your legacy. Mm. Your life is your legacy. It's that thing that you will leave for your children, for the women and men that you mentor, um, how you will impact your coworkers and your friends. Your entire journey is your legacy. It's the footprints that you are leaving in the sand because those footprints will be there when we're gone. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we think we die and that's it. Mm-mm. You know, I don't think that's it. I think our footprints linger. So I think it's really, really important to realize that your life is your legacy. Make the best of it. Make sure that you have a powerful journey. Not only have yes. a powerful journey, but also share that journey. Amen. Highlight, <laughs> underline, all of the above, because that's it. And I love every time you just said your life is your legacy. I felt my shoulders relax. I felt my whole body relax. It's not that it has to be some big goal. When I have the New York Times bestselling book or when I have the TEDx talk or when you have the, when you become the CEO or you get the promotion, it's not that next thing. It's the life you're living today is your legacy. Are you making the dinner for the neighbor today? You know, that's how mindfulness helps you. My mindfulness journey is on a daily basis is that, you know, I get up every morning and I try to be up before I'm a morning person. So I try to be up before the children are up. (laughs) Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. my three boys are usually up around seven. So I'm up between five to seven. And and that's the time for me. 
And mm. one thing I tell women is that you have to pay yourself first. Yes. And we think of that as a financial concept, but really it's a self-care concept. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you may not be a morning person. So your one hour for yourself or two hours for yourself may be at from 10 to 12 at night. But for me, I'm a morning person. So from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., that is my time. You're paying yourself. I'm paying myself first every day, ladies. <laughs> I love it. Pay yourself first. Your self-care, your passions, your desires, create the life that you want and make sure that you're living it every single day. The oh moment God. is all we have. Nothing else is promised. And the way that you live is the legacy you're leaving for your boys because they see you. They see, oh, mom wanted to be a judge. She became a judge. Mom wanted to write a book. She wrote a book. Mom wants to be speaking. She's out there. Speaking. It's like, it is the moment by moment. Oh, mom is kind. Mom is a listener. So that's the legacy. And they're hearing that and watching that in you, Janet, every day. And that's how the footprints continue. Ah, thank you. Thank you. I certainly, I certainly hope so. I know so. <laughs> I know so. Janet, I could talk to you forever. But before I let you go, I need to do something that I do with all my sure. guests. It's called a purpose power playground. And I'm going to ask you a few random questions and whatever's the first thing that comes to your mind is the correct answer. Does that sound good? That sounds fantastic. Okay. So when you were in Jamaica as a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to teach. Oh, I want, And look you, at you now. Can you imagine <laughs> such a quiet person wanting to teach? But I, I really wanted to teach because even though I didn't say much, there was so much going on in my mind. Yeah, And I'm like, I have to get this out somehow. Yes. So yes. teaching, writing, um, I've always been a pretty decent writer uh, because that's how I got my thoughts on paper. But really just, just teaching and writing and sharing. So I feel like I'm coming full circle uh, with this island mindful uh, path. Yes, um, you because are. Because it's giving me the opportunity just to share my journey with others. And to teach. And it makes so much sense to me in the divine feminine archetypes that I've studied and teach. One of them is the priestess. And she is still. And her whole being is amplifying in that stillness. And then only speaking when there's something really important to say. Yes. And we all know those women. They don't need to say much, but when they speak, whoa, there's something profound. There's something wise. And so I absolutely can see you filling up on what all the wise women in your household were doing and saying, you then making sense of it and then you sharing it. And a lot of those women are my introvert sisters. So I'm going to mm -hmm. give a little shout out to my introvert sisters of the world, because a lot of us don't think we have powerful things to say, but we do. Oh, yes. So when an introvert speaks, listen. Mm, I love it. Amen. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. So important. Next question. Aside from your book, which of course we have the link in the show notes, what is one book you think every woman needs to read? The book that has had the most impact on my life, I would say in the, the probably the last two years, I'm going to, I'm going to say the last two years, it's been Michelle Obama's Becoming. Oh. I am in love with her and I'm in love with that book. Oh I read goodness. it. I listened to the audio. I love to hear her voice. It's like a sweet, wonderful, encouraging sister speaking to me. Yes. I love her journey from Chicago, the close-knit family she had, which is close to my close-knit family. 
I, I love her rise. I love her struggles as a parent and as a husband. That entire book speaks to me and I think will speak to so many women. Absolutely. If you have not read that book, okay, run over to Amazon. You're going to get two books. You're going to put Janet's book in your cart and you're going to put Michelle Obama's book in your cart. Run, do not walk, run, because <laughs> both are going to be life-changing for you. One thing I love about your book, Jan, I love Michelle Obama's book and I love your book. And one thing I love about it is the chapters are short. It's really easy. If you're a mama or you're a really busy career woman or whatever is going on in your life, you can take in a chapter in just a few minutes and it makes it really digestible. So amazing suggestion and make sure you're getting both. Last question. What's one thing you want every woman to know? That your voice matters. Mm. Your voice matters. Your story matters. Don't let anyone undermine who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. Always speak up. Always take up space. Never be afraid to take up space. A lot of us are afraid to do that. Walk into a room and own it. Yes. Because you bring something incredibly powerful to that room. Mm -mm, no mm -mm, one has mm -mm. had the journey that you've had. So walk with power. Walk with confidence. Let your voice be heard. Okay? And if you okay. can't let your voice be heard <laughs> through speaking... Gosh darn it, make your voice be heard through writing. Yes. Because we all need to hear your story. Mm. Mm. What Janet said. <laughs> 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 you are amazing. I know everyone's going to want to connect with you. Everyone, make sure you are getting Island Mindfulness. It's available on Amazon. And of course, we have the link in our show notes. You can find Janet at JanetAuthorine.com. Again, all the ways to find her on Instagram, Facebook, website, all there. And she even writes beautiful poetry and has two Instagram accounts. One, all of this beautiful wisdom that she shared and a poetry account. So you're going to want to make sure that you follow both. Janet, thank you so much for being on the Purpose Girl podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And I just want you to know that you're making a huge impact in the lives of women. Hmm. I want you to get up every day walking in your power because you are rocking it out. <laughs> and the lives of so many women will be changed because of what you're getting up and doing every single day. Thank you, Janet. I'm, I really needed to hear that today. So thank you. Somehow you were sent to me as an angel this morning. I showed up on our interview, everybody, with spit up all over me, which is what happens when you have a four-month-old. And <laughs> I had my morning time. I'm also trying to get up before Shay and take that time. And it just didn't happen this morning. And so, Janet, I needed to hear that. So thank you. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My honor. My pleasure. All of you out there, thank you for listening to this episode of the Purpose Girl Podcast. We hope you loved it. You got so many gems. Go on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Leave your five-star review. Let us know in one sentence what you got from this. And most importantly, let every other woman know how this podcast, the Purpose Girl Podcast, is going to change their life. That's how we change the world, one woman at a time. If you have not yet gotten your Living on Purpose guide, what are you waiting for? Go on over to my website, purposegirl.com. It's top of the site. You download it. It's going to ask you all the questions to get you on your purpose path. 
Speaking of sisterhood, make sure you're joining the Purpose Girls Facebook group. Every day I put a prompt in there for us to connect about all things sisterhood. This week, there was one about your favorite dance song, and there was one about what would light you up. And we are supporting each other on that. Of course, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.